legend Mean Joe Green says the Steelers need to cut out the BS, unquote. Then I read the rest of what Mean Joe said, and I have zero idea what he meant by that. Still, it sounds good. Mike Tomlin says the Steelers are looking forward to playing New England. And then his secondary went out and showed why the Steelers have very little chance to beat New England. Oh, the Steelers have an exceptional record at 9-2, but they don't very often play like an exceptional football team. Here we are 11 games into the season, and I still honestly don't know what to think about the Pittsburgh Steelers. My name is Mark Matt. I have a tested IQ of 166, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, smartest guy in the room. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Today, I am live from Buford's on 5th Avenue, and tonight at PPG Paints Arena, we got the Pens and Flyers, the old enemy. Tonight is when you're glad you have Ryan Reeves. Hear all the action right here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. We're hauling on all the usual cliches after last night's Steelers' victory. A win is a win is a win. Here's what I got from Twitter. The league is pass-fail, unquote. That's actually a good one. I'll take 9-2. and two. And yes, the Steelers certainly will take 9-2. and two. And they are right in the line to get home field and that first run by. In fact, with Kansas City and Jacksonville both losing yesterday... It's tough to imagine the Steelers not getting a first-round buy. But are the Steelers good enough to beat New England? I don't think so, and especially not in a playoff scenario. Not even at Heinz Field. The offense was real good for the Steelers yesterday. Tony Brown won the game. That catch on the sideline was sublime. Getting the feet down, the toe tap. Just off the charts, and a microcosm of evidence that Tony Braun is the best receiver in football and already one of the best of all time. Lev Bell had a real good game. His rushing average was 4.8 yards, and he was invaluable in the passing game. Ben was victimized by five or six drops, but Ben made the throws he had to. But the Steelers' secondary was not good. The defense took several steps backwards. Brett Hundley, this young quarterback for Green Bay, he ripped that Steelers D to shreds. And he's not Aaron Rodgers, and he's certainly not Tom Brady. Joe Hayden is sorely missed. Joe Hayden took so much pressure off Artie Burns, and now, without Hayden, Artie Burns isn't very good, and Cody Sensabaugh never was any good. The Steelers were minus three on turnovers yesterday and gave up a ton of chunk plays. That beat Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. That won't beat New England with Tom Brady. I'm sorry, but it just won't. So there you go. I'm genuinely curious about your reaction today, so call 412-333-WXDX. Uh, We got Matt Williamson, our football guru, to talk about the Steelers at the bottom of the hour. 
And then talking hockey at 415, I'm going to be joined by the old 2-9er, Phil Bork, the two-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, 9-2 and two certainly creates a lot of optimism, and it should. But last night was a close call that shouldn't have been a close call. You're favored by 14 over Green Bay, and you win by three. Come on. You play like that against New England, you don't have a chance. You're just not going to beat the Patriots playing like the Steelers did last night and usually have this season. Now, here's what Tomlin said about playing New England. I'm reading the quote because there's so much extraneous stuff. Him and Dungy were laughing like a couple of twin Ed McMahons. Uh, Tomlin said this to Tony Dungy on NBC before the game in a discussion of pompous egomaniacs. Quote, this is regarding the December 17 game against New England. Quote, it's going to be fireworks, Tomlin said. It's probably going to be part one, and that's going to be a big game. But probably if we're both doing what we're supposed to do, the second one is really going to be big. And what happens in the first is going to set up the second one, and it's going to determine the location of the second one, unquote. Now, that is a mouthful for a coach to say about a game that's still three weeks away. Because in theory, it overlooks last night's game. And Cincinnati next Monday and Baltimore the Sunday after that. But the Steelers play down to the level of lesser opponents anyway. So what's the difference? What Mike Tomlin said. Tomlin also said, and I quote, we should win it all. We should win it all. I like it. I know there's nothing wrong with saying that. Tomlin should have confidence in his team, especially when it's Nine and two. Sports teams don't win and lose games because of what's said beforehand. The notion of inspiration via so-called bulletin board material, that's silly. That's a myth. What Tomlin said is merely what Tomlin said. It has no effect moving forward. I'm glad Tomlin said it because it's good talk show fodder, but mostly because what Tomlin said is the truth. Now, The Steelers may lose to either Cincinnati or Baltimore. In fact, I expect that. I think the Steelers will lose one of their next two games. But it won't be because Tomlin said what he said. And don't forget, if the Steelers beat New England on December 17th at Heinz Field, they can lose any other game and still get home field for the playoffs. Are the Steelers as good as their record? That's a legitimate debate. I'd love to hear what you think at 412-333-WXDX. But wondering if what Tomlin said to Dungy has impact is stupid because it doesn't. It simply does not. Uh, 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Again, let me be blunt. If the Steelers play against New England like they played against... uh, last night against Green Bay, New England's going to win by 10 points or more. The Steelers need to play much better than that. There were nonetheless a a lot of good storylines emanating from last night's game. Boswell hit the 53-yard field goal to win it. That's a Heinz field record and his career best. Like I said, the secondary gave up a ton of chunk plays. Four passes of 25 yards or more. 
and that includes touchdowns of 55, 54, and 39 yards. Ouch. Uh, here's something I saw, and maybe this is what Mean Joe Green means by cut out the BS. Artie Burns, the second-year cornerback, got blowtorched all night, lit up like a downtown Christmas tree. You can flip Artie over because he's done on this side. Yikes. On that first Green Bay touchdown, the 39-yard pass, Artie just left his third of the field. Playing zone, just followed a guy, left that whole sideline wide open. Cobb of the Packers was literally standing there by himself. Artie blew it, got burned, touchdown. Uh, He had taken a bad penalty also to keep a drive alive. And then just a little bit later, Artie made a tackle, just a friggin' tackle. And he celebrated wildly, ending it by striking a pose like he was in public enemy or something. Artie, you got burned not long before the last commercial break. Some humility would serve the Steelers well, especially at 9-2. and And as luck would have it, I believe humility uh, arrives in Pittsburgh on December 17th. We are live at Buford's Kitchen on 5th Avenue. Come on in, try the gumbo. It is delightful, yes. Uh, Colin Coward, who I think is the best national sports radio host uh, going, uh, tossed out a one-liner about the Steelers and why the Patriots always beat them that I think is right on the money. I always say that the Steelers lack the focus and discipline to beat New England, and and I certainly stand by those words uh, both now and moving forward. But what Colin said uh, ties things together pretty well, too. I will give you that quote uh, just after the break. Like I said, we got our football guru, Matt Williamson, at the bottom of the hour. We have Young Ho Gung news, and it's not good news. Well, it's better than him being caught driving drunk for a fourth time, but uh, it's still not good news. I'm Mark Madden. All the football talk you want and some great hockey talk today, too, because the Steelers host the Flyers. The Steelers host the Flyers. The Steelers would beat the Flyers, too. Flyers lost seven games in a row. They're up for grabs. You want to beat the Flyers? Any six guys, grab your skates and equipment, get down here. You can beat the Flyers before the Penguins do. 1059 the X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. It's a rare chance for you to have a brush with greatness. Make the most of it. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Say, here's another great name from the past. The X at 1059. Double M Live at Buford's on Fifth Avenue. Penguins and Flyers tonight, right across the street at PPG Paints Arena. Here's the quote from Colin Coward about why New England dominates Pittsburgh. Quote. The Steelers have great talent and no formula. That's why New England will and has dominated Pittsburgh, unquote. That is absolutely right on the money. New England would have came out last night and taken Green Bay apart. The game would have been over by halftime. The Steelers had to go to literally the last play of the game to beat a 14-point underdog at Heinz Field. New England has a sense of precision and consistency under Bill Belichick that the Steelers have never had under Mike Tomlin. 
And yeah, the Steelers have won a Super Bowl with Tomlin and been to another. And they have a team with great potential this year. But I think that potential lies with the players performing and not good coaching augmenting. That's not to say Tomlin's a bad coach. His record indicates he's a very good coach. He's just not in the league with Belichick. And since you got to beat Belichick, since you got to beat New England, what I say about focus and discipline is right on the money. And what Coward says about the Steelers lacking a formula is also right on the money. 412-333-9939 is the number to call up. Both Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews missed the game for Green Bay. I guess State Farm's insurance doesn't cover everything. Uh, that Hundley kid played a, a good game at quarterback. The Steelers' secondary was pretty bad, but Hundley was pretty good. I liked the way he stepped up in the pocket. He showed a lot of composure. Uh, I can't say enough about Tony Brown. He was brilliant. His celebrations suck. In fact, the Steelers, in general, suck at celebrations but that catch by Tony Brown was the game's defining moment, and Brown is pretty good at compiling defining moments. I thought the turning point of the game was when NBC played rats going into one of the breaks, a, a little round and round, and then the Steelers got going, yo. Forget sticks, forget renegade, just give me some rat and roll. Uh, the Steelers were 3-for-3 three three in the red zone and 8-for-13 on third down. You want to be happy about something, be happy about those numbers. Uh, the offense was really good, but the defense wasn't. The Steelers can win despite not putting together good games on both sides of the ball and despite not playing 60 minutes. They've rarely done either all year, and yet the Steelers are 9-2. and two. But can they beat New England if they don't put together 60 minutes? Can they beat New England if they only play good on one side of the ball. Hey, like Tomlin says, the Steelers should win it all. But should and doing are two different things. A, a bad trickle down to that injury to Hayden is Willie Gay has to play more, and he got beat on that fourth down play in the fourth quarter on route to Green Bay's game-tying touchdown. A lot of people got a lot to say. Let's go to Rick in Dormont. Rick, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, you were asking uh, before if uh, I thought they were worthy of their 9-2 and record. I don't, but the absurd thing with this team is that they probably should be even better than that. Well, when I say, when I wonder if they're worthy of being 9-2, and they're 9-2 and because they've won nine games and lost two. Uh, at this point in a National Football League season, you are whatever your record says it is. Uh, says you are, pardon me, but, but you know, when you're talking about having to beat New England, if the Steelers were in the NFC, I would rate them heavy favorites to make the Super Bowl. I just don't think they can beat New England. 9-2 and two is a fabulous record. The Steelers don't often enough look like a fabulous team for me to think they can beat the Patriots. Uh, thank you for the call. Uh, any other team, yeah. New England's a rare breed with a rare quarterback and a rare coach, and it's very rare when the Steelers beat them. Let's go to T-Bone in Bel Vernon. T-Bone, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Double M, what's up, man? What up, man? Hey, listen, man, like, I kind of agree with you to a point, but I, I, I think the Steelers, the reason why I think that they're going to have New England is mainly because I don't think, I really don't think that Tom Brady, that, like, they have that offensive arsenal like they used to. You know, if it comes down to, like, a shootout and say A.B.'s on it, 
you know, every time a defense double double teams A B, somebody else is gonna be open. That's how much talent this team has. Every single time. It, how how much talent which team has? The uh, uh, Pittsburgh. On offense, like like all those drop balls last night, they dropped five or six balls, brah. They got one great receiver. Bro, they got one great receiver. Don't overestimate Pothead Martavis. And, and Juju Smith-Schuster's only a rookie. Jesse James dropped balls. Eli Rogers dropped balls. Even Tony Brown dropped the ball last night. That offense has, has three guys who are great and a very good offensive line. But I really don't trust their secondary weapons very much at all, especially not in a big game against New England. Let's go to Don in the car. Don, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What do you think about updating the killer beehive to include Boswell? He's only a kicker. Anything else? Nope. Good. Kicker's just a kicker. I mean, it was great he made... A career-best field goal, 53 yards, stadium record field goal. Kicker's just a kicker. If they didn't have Boswell, you know who would kick the field goals and the extra points and the kickoffs? Somebody else. You know who would play quarterback? If Ben got hurt, it wouldn't matter because they'd be dead in the water. Let's go to Dan in Indiana. Dan, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Yeah, I what think up? it comes down to the Steelers have superstars versus the Patriots system. I mean, they, they legitimately have a couple of the best players at their respective positions in the league. But what they don't do that the Patriots do is make adjustments. But I think this year what's different than the uh, last couple times we match up with New England is we have the potential to actually get pressure on the quarterback, which is the key. Yeah, to I'm not going to believe that till I see it, Dan. What makes you think this year – there's greater potential to get pressure on Tom Brady, who gets well, we, rid of the ball so fast. I, I think we have legitimately four outside linebackers that, that, that could play. Oh, uh, dude, bro, you got, you, bro, 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 you got to watch the games. I mean, you're talking about reputation, not performance. Bud Dupree's been a bust this year. J.J. Watts, excuse me, T.J. Watt, he's so good, I called him J.J. T.J. Watt has done very well, but the outside linebackers have been very disappointing on the pass rush for the most part. Uh, so disappointing that look who's getting the sacks, the inside backers like Vince Williams and the defensive ends like Cam Hayward. Now, that's to the credit of people like Williams and Hayward and Stephon Tewitt, too. i I got to mention that guy because he's a monster. But, but I don't know if the outside linebackers are the answer against New England. And no matter what kind of pass rush you have and what kind of pass rushers, Dan, Brady gets rid of the ball so fast, it's just mind-boggling. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. The number to call. Up next, he is our football guru, former pro in college football, Scott Matt Williamson. It's the Mark Madden Show live at Buford's on Fifth, one zero five nine. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. That happens when the show's as popular as this one. Yeah, double M, man. He'd love the show. He just wants to dance. The X at one zero five nine. Joining me now, you hear him on the Steelers Radio Network. He is a former NFL and college football scout. We welcome Matt Williamson. Matt, uh, is it almost hard to believe the Steelers are a 9-2 and two team? I mean, you are what your record says you are now, but they are so very rarely convincing, aren't they? Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, you are what your record is, but they haven't faced a very brutal slate of games. And how many games have been convincing wins? But, you know, it's 
there is something to finding a way to win. And my short take of what happened last night was that the star power that, you know, the Bell, Brown, Ben combination trio overcame a litany of game-losing type mistakes. And that was great to see against an inferior opponent that was a desperate team. Um, but I hear you. I, I mean, you look around the league, though, there aren't many consistent teams and two losses is two losses. Well, you bring up a great point about the star power, Matt, because the Steelers were minus three on turnovers. They gave up a whole bunch of chunk plays on defense, including three long touchdown passes. But Ben, Bell, and especially Brown overcame uh, all those errors. And let's talk about Antonio Brown first. Where does that sideline catch by Brown on that uh, last drive rank on the wild scale? I I couldn't believe he got his feet down. Yeah, I mean, it's a a 9.5 out of 10. I mean, it was really something. And watching it live in a bang-bang fashion, I'm like, oh, he's out of bounds. You know, I just assumed he was not in. And then the more he showed it, it's like, wow, that's unbelievable body control. And a pretty good throw, too. You know, I mean, there wasn't a lot of places to put that football. And it's an amazing relationship those two have with one another and a trust factor that's off the charts. Really, really something. How does Brown beat those double teams? Because they are constant, and Brown isn't a big guy. No, he's not. But the thing I think people should watch with Brown that he does better than anyone I've ever seen is he doesn't lose any speed coming out of his breaks. Like, if you talk to defensive backs around the league and a guy makes a cut, usually you're going to down. you know, you put your brakes when you make the turn, you know, and he doesn't at all. And in some cases, it looks like he almost accelerates whenever he breaks out of his cut. And that is an unbelievably dangerous thing. And it doesn't matter how you set up your coverage. You're never going to have two guys directly on them, usually at the corner with safety support over the top. You know, it's not like these two guys are going to jam at the line of scrimmage like a punt gunner. And he's also really developed this knowing where to go against zones and double teams and things like that, too. Like, you see some receivers that are really successful and then people start game planning specifically for them, and they can't make the next step because they can't recognize where the help's coming from and all those things. He's been great. And obviously the body control, I think he has one drop on the year. I mean, that's something that's not even talked about, but it's an amazing stat. Uh, You mentioned that great throw by Ben on that sideline catch by Braun. I don't know if Ben is all the way back, Matt, but he's certainly making some timely throws, and if he keeps doing that, perhaps that's enough, right? Oh, I think that's absolutely enough. I mean, last night there were a lot of mistakes. You know, the, the, not by Ben. I mean, I don't think those interceptions were his fault. But the bell fumble, poor tackling, blown coverages, drop passes. I mean, mistakes, turnovers. I mean, mistakes that lose you football games no matter who you play against. And Ben was so good that they overcame those things. I mean, when you lose turnover battle 0-3, to three, I think your percentage chance of winning is like 10% in this league, you know, and they still did it. Um, I've been very critical of Ben. I guess I've gotten somewhat of a reputation for being a little harder on Ben than most people around here. But I'm the first to say over these last 10 quarters, he's thrown the ball very, very well. I don't think he looks anything like the quarterback in the first half of the season. I mean, he looks like the old Ben minus a little athleticism. You know, he when he runs, he kind of still lumbers and things, but – fine he's an older guy you know but he's playing fantastic football 
You mentioned Lev Bell, and the fumble was pretty much the only bad moment for him last night. I thought he had the right amount of touches between the run and pass, and he averaged 4.8 yards per carry on the ground, Matt. Uh, I thought last night the fumble noted is almost exactly what you want from Lev Bell. Yeah, I thought it was a real good balance. Take what they give you if they're going to. That's the beauty of it. You know, and that's the thing we talked about this offense you know, going into the season is, sure, you can stack the box to try to take away Bell, but then how do you double Brown? You know, like, there's almost no answer when it's clicking like it was last night. And we saw that very, very well. And even, you know, I, I thought Bell was very, very good. But at the end of the night, when I looked at his stats, I was like, wow. I mean, I didn't realize he put up that many yards. There's just so few negative plays with that guy, fumble aside. But, I mean, rarely does he only get a yard or zero or minus one. I mean, it's always four, five, eight. I mean, it's, it's really remarkable. We're talking about Williamson. He's brought you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner since 1956. Matt, the Steelers were three for three in the red zone and eight for 13 on third down. If any numbers from last night mean a lot, those may mean the most, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, three for three in the red zone is wonderful, but it's only a three-part you know, three sample size. You know, So yeah, I, I take some of those red zone stats with a grain of salt sometimes because you know, week to week they're a small amount. But it was great. I mean, again, I think this goes back to Ben more than anything. That um, The way he was playing the first eight games or so, he wasn't converting in the toughest of situations, third downs against unpredictable defenses, in the red zone against a condensed, you know, condensed field. But he's been much more precise as a passer. I think the timing's been much better. Throwing the ball with more zip goes a long way. On the negative side, the Steelers weren't very good on defense. We talked about the chunk plays the secondary gave up. How did Brett Huntley just carve him up? And where are those chunk plays coming from? Yeah. To sort of disagree with you, I think they were quite good on defense, a high percentage of the plays. Just so, just the, the, there's a trend now that the, uh, they're allowing too many big plays. And Hundley played well. I think he played fine. But I also think people are giving him a little bit more credit than he deserves. I mean, he throws a, a, a screen pass to Jamal Williams who takes it 61 yards. You know, I could have made that throw. I mean, the two touchdowns were blown coverages with a wide receiver wide open. I mean, every NFL quarterback in the world should make those throws. So the, the Steelers gave him some gifts, too. Um, I do think something to worry about is absolutely Artie Burns, that his mental gaffes, there's four or five of them every week, and they don't always get capitalized on, but everyone that comes in here, especially the Patriots, are going to challenge him mentally over and over. And he continues to screw up easy coverages. I mean, that looked like a very basic cover three, and he just evacuated his third of the, you know, his third of the field. And he does those sorts of things all the time, and that's a major problem. I don't know how you can trust him. Yeah, we've been talking about that particular play quite a bit in the show's early going, Matt. And in a nutshell, the secondary looks frantic since Joe Hayden got hurt, uh, and Burns in particular. It looks like he's just running around out there. Yes, and there was some of that early in the year, but it showed up more in the run game. You know, like against Chicago, they'd come up against outside zone and just play it terribly, you know, and Howard would bust off a 20-yarder. Um, so the, the mental issues with him have always been there, but I think now teams are game planning to attack it, and he's going to get more and more of it, double moves, flooding his zones, 
those type of things. Um, and I think Hayden is certainly a stabilizing factor and probably a good influence from a coaching mental perspective, too. And I think it's kind of rough to give Sensabaugh a hard time. I mean, he had a bad play, but he is who we thought he is. I mean, they, they got him as a cheap free agent that's played in this league for spot duty. I mean, he's going to be a, he's not going to be a superstar. Uh, Matt, were you surprised Mike Tomlin talked about the upcoming game or games against New England on the NBC pregame show? Uh, quite a big deal is being made of that, as I'm sure you you know. Yeah, and I didn't hear him actually say it, but we talked about it on SNR today, and we kind of read what he said. So I don't know the exact context he was asked, but the way I heard it was I thought he handled it well, that, hey, clearly these are the two teams with the best reputation and record, so he wasn't speculating. But I do think if you're the Chiefs or the Jags or the Titans or somebody like that, you can use it as bulletin board material that, hey, the Steelers only think they're two good teams. They have no respect for us. You know, that nonsense. Yeah, I, I know they can, but I just don't believe that the talk or, like you say, bulletin board material, I don't think that affects results at all. How about you? No, I, I don't think it's a big deal either. No, 100%. Um, I do wonder, and flat-out question, do the Patriots look at the Steelers as nearly the threat that the Steelers look at the Patriots. I mean, uh, I don't think they fear Pittsburgh as much as Pittsburghers think they do. Well, Damian Woody, who played for the Patriots, said on ESPN that the Patriots see the Steelers as a little brother and they just keep taking their lunch money over and over again. And uh, it's easy for an ex-player to say that, but uh, that, that didn't surprise me either. No, it doesn't surprise me either. And I've heard people close to the organization say things like, they have great respect for the Steelers organization, but they think on game day they have a major coaching advantage. And, you know, the LeBeau system that they faced so many times, they thought was a bad matchup or a great matchup for Brady to pick apart, knew where things were at. You know, you weren't going to beat him from a mental perspective. And I think there's truth to that. I mean, I don't think that that's outlandish. I mean, the record shows it. Now, you mentioned Kansas City and Jacksonville. What the heck has happened to, to Kansas City? They've lost five out of six now. Jacksonville lost again yesterday. More than ever, it's a two-team race. And it would be shocking to me, Matt, if either the Steelers or New England faded so much that they didn't get a first-round bye. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, the the third-best team in the conference might even be the Chargers right now. And they may not even get in, but I like the way they're playing. What's interesting about the Chiefs is rarely do you see this in the league, but the Steelers kind of drew up the blueprint how to beat them that just sit in very basic zones, watch them do all their pre-snap motion and all the different things they're doing, sit there and watch it all go by, sit, take care of your area, eliminate the big play, and that's what everyone's been doing since, and their offense has been really anemic. Uh, Cincinnati is next for Pittsburgh uh, a week from tonight at Cincinnati. That strikes me as a difficult game, Matt. Uh, Maybe because the Steelers tempt fate a lot. Maybe because Cincinnati's won a couple games in a row. It would not shock me if, if the Steelers lost that one, though. No, me either. I mean, much like Green Bay, that's going to be a desperate team at home. They don't have a lot of primetime games that they host. Um, they're playing the best that they have all year. I know you can make fun of them and say, well, it was against the Browns. But the Browns have a very good run defense, and this is the first game all year they really got a strong run game going with Joe Mixon. So I think they're starting to find who they are, and that defense is always hard to play against. 
that will not be an easy game. Uh, yeah, and, and the Bengals are a tough team to read, especially against the Steelers, because they either beat you up and win the game or come close, or they play stoop and blow the game, and very rarely is there a middle ground, correct? Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And a trend that I didn't notice that Dale Lawley mentioned to me going into the first time they played them was very often the Bengals just eliminate their run game in the second half. And it may, even in close games, like I, I think that there's a, a little brother factor, kind of like we were just talking about, that they overthink things and get out of what they do well. And again, I think the Steelers kind of have all the advantages over Cincinnati that I mentioned with the Patriots over the Steelers. How much better will the Steelers have to play compared to last night to, to beat New England? Uh, if they play like they did yesterday against the Patriots on December 17th, how would that game wind up? Yeah, I mean, I think if, especially Ben, I mean, I'm super encouraged with the way he's playing. But if the Ben-Bell-Brown combination plays like that, they can hang with anyone. But far too many mistakes. You know that Brady's going to capitalize on those turnovers a heck of a lot more than Hundley did. Or, you know what I mean? You can't miss tackles. You can't blow coverages. You know, they're going to test Burns much more than they did, than the Packers did last night. So even if Ben is his, his best game and Brown and Bell are their best game, I think they lose the Patriots if they make anywhere close to that many self inflicted wounds. Now, that said, I don't think it's an impossibility to cut down on the problems. For example, right. I think if they break even on the turnover battle and cut the chunk plays in half, they're right in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I haven't said a lot of positive things with Patriots Steelers, but I absolutely think they can win that game. They have to be more disciplined than we've seen a lot of the year, and the chunk plays are not an accident. I mean, that's three games in a row attacking Burns, attacking the corners, no Hayden. That worries you, and the Patriots throw deep now more than ever. Brandon Cooks is a really scary guy. Matt, as always, very insightful. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, Mark. Take care. That is Matt Williamson. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. Uh, got a whole lot to talk about today. If you want to get uh, Steeler calls in, now's the time, 412-333-WXDX. Uh, some bad news for the Pirates. Well, not directly the Pirates, but bad news for uh, – Young Ho Gung, I'll talk to you about it in just a moment here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. It's a rare chance for you to have a brush with greatness. Make the most of it. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Say, here's another great name from the past. The X at 105.9. The Steeler topics today. Uh, the game itself can be analyzed. We've been doing that. We just did it with Matt Williamson. Thanks to Matt for coming on. You got uh, Tomlin going on NBC before the game and saying that the game between New England's going to be huge. It's going to set up another game with New England. It's going to be huge. And he says, we should win it all. Some pretty bold statements, but I think a head coach of a good team should feel that way. And there's no sense pretending the New England game on the 17th and the presumed rematch in the playoffs after uh, no sense pretending that's not a, a huge matchup because it is, obviously. Uh, like Tomlin said, all of America knows that's a big game. And then you got Colin Coward saying the Steelers have great talent and no formula. That's why New England will and has dominated Pittsburgh, unquote. So your comment on any of that, dial 412-333-WXDX. 
Let's go real quick to Antoine in Atlanta. Antoine, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark, what up, man? Mad respect. You always know what you're talking about. Right. I got to disagree with you on that formula, man. Who cares about a freaking formula? We Our formula is we won six straight. So who's to even say that Brady's going to even be around in three weeks for us to play on for well, one? I mean, you know, the planet might explode, too, and then they won't even have the game. Uh, you need a formula to beat Tom Brady. You know how I know? Because the Steelers don't have one, and they never beat Tom Brady. Thank you for the call, Antoine. Uh, some bad bucko news, but not altogether unexpected. Uh, Jung Ho Gung got cut by his Winter League team in the Dominican. He was hitting just 143 after 24 games. I don't think we're going to see Gung in Pittsburgh ever again. I don't think we're going to see Gung in Major League Baseball ever again. Just around the corner, we got Mark Madden's tips for kids. Uh, you kids listening. I'm going to tell you why you don't always have to work hard to be a success. And a guy who proves that wears number 81 for the Penguins. So, kids, you can be lazy. Well, Phil's not lazy, but he ain't the hardest working man in show business either. You can take it easy once in a while and still succeed. I'll tell you how using Phil Kessel as an example in about a minute. Uh, oh, they had that Steeler Hall of Honor ceremony yesterday. Did you see Jerome Bettis? He couldn't even fit into his new Steeler jacket they gave everybody. The buttons wouldn't even touch. I mean, my God, maximum density. I'm not making fun. We smell our own. That's No Quarter brought to you by McDonald's. I am loving it. Up next, Mark Madden's Tips for Kids. I'm live at Buford's 105.9. Flyers fans and